in. And we want to work on getting as many instrumentals and instruments as we can on Sunday nights to play along with the service. Uh, that was just something we always did at Cleveland Baptist, and it was so enjoyable to go Sunday night and just play along with the song service and things. And so I uh, want to encourage those that can play to come, and uh, we'll have to start getting Brother Franz to get us a list of songs a week ahead of time so we can practice and stuff, and we'll see what happens. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, Galatians chapter 5, let's just read verse 22 again. In verse 23, but of the fruit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, if we go back and just touch a little bit on the context, is in direct contrast to the works of the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are things that we do with our flesh. It is the natural result of the flesh. Works are something that we do. And by the way, we do not sin by mistake. We sin on purpose. Uh, This is what human nature does. But... Fruit is not, uh, you don't see trees uh, sitting there looking at the different fruit that grow on the tree and say, I don't like this one, knock it off, and I like this one. I mean, the production of fruit is a natural result of a healthy tree. A healthy relationship with God will allow the Holy Spirit to produce these things in the life of the believer. It is something that just ought to be there far too often. It is not. And the only reason we can go to is why does not a tree produce proper fruit? It's because there's something wrong with the tree. Uh, Maybe there's... uh, Uh, We used to have peach trees, and one of the things that we had to watch for constantly, every year we had to dig down around the the base of the trunk of the tree because there's little worms, peach borers they call them, and they just drill a hole right into the tree, and the sap will run out into the ground, and the tree will not produce peaches. When I left for college... Uh, I was not able to do that as I I should have. And by the time I graduated, four years later, all three trees were dead. Uh, It was just something that has to be done. If you have a healthy relationship, the Holy Spirit is going to produce these things. And by the way, the fruit takes time. Uh, We like to go down to the fruit stand and buy the fruit. No, no. God wants to grow it. It takes a season. By the way, that season lasts as long as your life does. That is the season, the growing season, that God wants to produce this fruit through the Holy Spirit in your life. And just one other thing to remember about fruit. A tree does not benefit from the fruit. Everybody else does. And this is... 
something we have to remember, especially as we are dealing tonight with the fruit called the, the fruit of faith, we often think that somehow this faith is here to benefit me, that this faith is here to make my life better. No, that's not what the fruit of the Spirit is for. The fruit of the Spirit is to benefit others. God gives us love, not so that we can feel loved, but so that we can love others. Amen? He gives us joy, not so you can be happy, but so that you can bless others. Peace. I mean, how many, I, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where everything is going crazy. And one person walks in, all of a sudden everything calms down. People fall into place. Things start happening. I remember attending a wedding one time. It was the night before the wedding. About 10.30 at night. It was not in this state. And everything that needed to be done for the next day had not yet been done. And it was scary. And the panic was starting to rise. And people were starting to... And, I mean, it was just... It just had all the shapings of being a disaster. Now... If you want one thing to happen at a wedding, that is not it. Amen? And uh, we were able to see that thing, get some peace, and all of a sudden people were doing this, people were doing that. And no one would have known who attended the wedding all of the chaos that was going on just about eight, nine hours before the wedding began, late at night, uh, 12 hours, less than 12 hours before the wedding began. That's what the gift of peace is about. It's bringing peace to others, not just being at peace with yourself. You want me to tell you how to be at peace with yourself? Is you rent a cabin out in the middle of the woods, 50 miles from everybody and anything, and there will be nothing to bother you. And so you'll probably have a good deal of peace. That's not how... The Holy Spirit wants to produce peace in our lives. He wants to give us peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. He wants to give us peace during the conflict. And we have love, joy, and peace. And by the way, until you are at peace with yourself and with God, you cannot be long-suffering with others. Do you want me to tell you why it's so hard to put up with all the crazy people that live around in the world? It's because you have big problems putting up with yourself. And until you get peace with yourself, you'll never have your feet planted firmly enough to put up with other people's problems. And that's what long-suffering is. It's being, oftentimes when I'm dealing with conflict and, and uh, someone will say, Pastor, just what do I do? I mean, there's just no end to this. I said, somebody's got to stand up and be the adult in this situation Somebody's got to take the strife and not fight back. That's what long-suffering is. And let me tell you, the only way you're going to do it is when the Holy Spirit produces it in your soul. Because it's not you being magnanimous enough, not you being big enough in person to absorb other people's wrongs 
and then give them good, it doesn't work very long because you're going to run out of yourself very quickly. It's when the Holy Spirit of God allows you to carry that strife to the foot of the cross and leave it there. See, now you have peace with yourself and with God. And now you can go over and deal with someone else who does not have peace with themselves and with God. That's long-suffering. And by the way, you will benefit from that in your life, but that's not the primary goal. The primary goal is to be a benefit to others. And we get to gentleness, and we were talking about that. And it, I, I've preached on the fruit of the Spirit several times, and and but... Just looking that word up, being high-born is what the word gentleness is talking about. We're born into the family of the Creator. It's time we act like it. And you could only do that when the Holy Spirit lives within you. And by the way, that is the reason we can be gentle in the main sense of the word that we think about being tender and careful and all of those things. It is because we have the resources of the king at our disposal. We don't have to panic. We don't have to cut corners. We don't have to do all of these things. Goodness. Then we get to faith. And the first thing I want to point out about faith is, yes, I know the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through what? But the faith that saves you is already in force before the Holy Spirit comes to live within you. By the way, you do not keep your salvation by maintaining your faith. God keeps you through the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? So how do we have this thing called the fruit of the Spirit if it's not talking about my salvation? It's not talking about keeping my salvation because He gave me an eternal salvation. That issue of faith has been settled once and for all. I'd never have to go back there. And yet, faith is number seven on the list of nine things. And before we answer the question I just presented, I want us to get a hold of something. These six things that are listed before faith are the building blocks, are the foundation that support the faith that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I may remember 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Though I have faith to remove all mountains and have not charity. You see, love is the first fruit of the Spirit. Now, we understand the reason why the word charity is used in our Bible is because charity is love in action. Let me tell you, love in action brings joy peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness so that we can get to this thing called faith. There is a need, and by the way, I'll jump ahead right now. Faith is also that transition fruit that takes us to the last two, meekness and temperance. If there is any two things... 
that you could have on this list, the last two are the ones that you would want. You would want meekness and temperance. They are the greatest things that God can produce in the life of a Christian. But let me tell you, you're not going to get to meekness and temperance until you start out with love, joy, peace, and allow the Holy Spirit to build these things. You see, the basis of my long-suffering with others is the love, joy, and peace that Jesus Christ gives. Amen? Then it becomes a way of life, gentleness and goodness. Then we come to faith. Now, the working definition of faith is believing God's word to the point of obedience. You see, how many people believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and was born of the Virgin Mary at Christmas time? Almost everybody. I mean, I would still say the majority of people would believe. Uh, in, that live in America today, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He was born of the Virgin Mary. And, and, uh, uh, and I, I would say that we could even step out a little bit further and say, you know, the actual date of being Christmas time really isn't that important. Most people would understand that that's a traditional holiday and it's, it's not that connected. I mean, some people would die for that for sure, but they would die for a lot of other false things as well. But faith is believing God's word to the point of action. Do you remember what happened when you got saved? You believed the Bible taught that you were a sinner. You believed that Jesus paid the price and you called upon his name and you believed that only Jesus could save you. How many of you remember that day? Wasn't that a wonderful time? Amen. But this kind of faith, let's get back to the definition here. Okay. The fruit of the Spirit is something grown in your life, not for your benefit, by the work of the Holy Spirit of God. So how does this idea of faith as being a fruit of the Spirit, and yet... We understand that the word faith has not changed its definition here. The word faith still means believing God's word to the point of obedience. Well, let's just put those things together. And what we're finding is a daily dependence upon the word of God to make everyday decisions of life. How many times something comes up and what is our first thought? How am I going to solve this problem? How am I going to get out of this problem? How am I going to deal with this situation? When, if we had this fruit of the Spirit called faith, we would be looking into the Word of God for answers on how to act. And then, trusting the Word of God beyond our own human emotion and our fear and our trepidation, 
and just believing God's word and allowing God's word to make decisions for us. Now, what happens when I make decisions in my life based upon the word of God under the direction of the Holy Spirit of God? Do I benefit from that? Oh, you bet you. But who benefits the most? Everybody around me. Amen. Are we together? You see, we know what the Bible says. We know we have to live in this world. And the fruit of the Spirit called faith puts those two things together. And all of a sudden, we're living biblically in a very unbiblical world. And what is that going to do? It is going to draw attention to the Holy Spirit of God working in your life. How are you able to put up with that? Anybody ask you that? Your answer ought to be, well, I'm a Bible-believing Christian and the Holy Spirit of God is working in my life and I don't want to take credit for it because if I do, I'll get proud and I'll lose that ability and then I'll be back to right where I was before. Amen? It is God that is dealing with me and allowing me not to be upset, not to bury the hatchet so I can find it again and use it when necessary. That is not what God wants me to do. The fruit of the Spirit is a dependence. By the way, if I learn to be dependent upon the Word of God in making decisions in my life today, is that not going to take me a step toward meekness which is operating under the authority of another. You see, I've got to learn to put myself under the authority of the Word of God before I can begin living a life of meekness. Moses was the meekest man in the Bible. God gives the testimony that Moses was the meekest man in the whole world. Now, remember, Moses was the one that stuck his finger in Pharaoh's face and said, let my people go. And when Pharaoh refused to let his people go, finally, uh, it says Moses left Pharaoh's presence that last time in a great anger. Because he knew that God's judgment was going to bring the first death of the firstborn in all the land of Egypt. And whose fault was it? It was Pharaoh's fault. And Moses did not back down from being obedient to God's word. He did not back down from Pharaoh one bit. But he didn't say anything it didn't belong to God. Now, Moses did mess up at the Rock of Horeb. That's actually next Sunday morning Sunday school lesson. Not the Rock of Horeb, the other stone. And he missed out on the promised land. That's, let's be careful. This thing called faith is something the Holy Spirit wants to produce in my life 
that when other people are near me, they can partake of that fruit. You know, one of the greatest things we have here in this church is the ability to encourage one another to be obedient to the Word of God. Let me tell you, you're not going to get that encouragement listening to TBN, uh, turning into the television station, listening to Christian radio. Because if they put the specifics like we do here on separation from the world and turn off your Christian rock and roll and and live for God, nobody would support their program. Uh, I mean, what do you think would happen to uh, Chuck Swindoll if he got up and actually preached a simple Bible message on baptism? Well, number one, he'd lose his ordination because the group that he believes in doesn't believe anything about baptism. Uh, you can have it, you can't, it doesn't matter. They're, they're just a free church, whatever you want to do. That's not what the Bible teaches. Faith is living a life obedient to the Bible. The just shall live by what? Faith. Who's that faith belong to? It says it belongs to you. How do you grow it? By letting the Holy Spirit grow it in your life. Faith cometh by what? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I hope you never get tired of repeating that verse. It's a place that we've got to go back to over and over again. The fruit of the Spirit is something produced by the Holy Spirit of God in our lives to the benefit of others. It's got to be grown. It takes time to produce. But this fruit is number seven on the list of nine. If you don't have the love, joy, peace, long-suffering... You're not going to get to gentleness, goodness, and faith. And I think I skipped one there. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, then faith. Now, Lord willing, next Sunday night, we'll get both meekness and temperance in so that we can finish the fruit of the Spirit before Christmas Sunday. And... uh, That way we don't drag it out the whole way into the new year. And uh, Andrew doesn't know this yet, but uh, I think he's going to preach January 1st, Sunday evening service. Okay? And he smiled, so that means he'll do that. I want to give our young men the opportunity to preach because that's, that's what preparing for the ministry is about. Yep, he'll need to grow some faith between now and then, right? Amen. But the simple truth of the matter is we want the Holy Spirit to produce these things in our life so that when people look and people are around us, if someone needs a little peace in their life, there's nothing like someone that has some extra hanging off the branches here to offer it. Amen? Uh, when are we not in need of others long-suffering on our behalf? Amen? Well, if you have some hanging off the branch, it'll be there. If you don't, then when you grow short with others, uh, you're going it, to, it's just not going to be good. 
you're not going to have the victory. You've got to get the fruit produced on the branches of your life. And what happens is when others run short, that's what church is all about. There's some for them. To encourage one another. The writer of Hebrews put it this way. Provoke one another unto what? Good works. There's not a one of us that doesn't need to make more Bible-based decisions in our life. We're not talking about the dynamic faith that moves mountains. In fact, you'll find that that dynamic faith that moves mountains is built in that daily dependence upon the Word of God. Because you don't need to move mountains every day. But if you haven't been daily dependent upon the Word of God, when it comes time to move the mountain, the mountain moves you. But if you have some extra hanging there, guess what? You can be an encouragement for somebody else to grab a hold and say, well, pastor's obedient to the Word of God, so-and-so's obedient to the Word of God, so-and-so's... I'm just going to join the crowd. That's positive peer pressure. That's how the fruit of the Spirit is supposed to work. That's how the church is supposed to work. Does it always work that way? Well, guess what? We're human beings. It doesn't always work that way. But we confess our sins and we get up and we keep moving. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night and we ask, Lord, that the fruit of the Spirit would be manifest not only in our individual lives, but in our church as well. Lord, that we would allow you to grow these things and produce them to proper rightness and usefulness. Lord, that we would never look at our own life to our own benefit but we would understand that it's there to benefit others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And just for...